Hello, you're listening to the VJ Humonk podcast. Despite advances in the field, many lymphoma patients face poor prognoses. In this podcast, we look at the epigenetic nature of lymphoma, the targeted therapies that are currently available, and perspectives on advancements that we may be seeing in the future. The lecture today is going to be about how to best sculpt epigenetic therapy for maximal impact against lymphomas. And that requires first going through the steps of explaining epigenetic mechanisms that drive lymphoma. And even before that, starting from the concept that the epigenome is the container of all the instructions that encode for how every cell type behaves. And so beneath every cell type's behavior, there is some kind of pattern of epigenetic program or programs that explain how they behave in that manner. And lymphomas arise from cells, from uh, cells in the immune system that are undergoing various transitional stages as they respond to immune stimuli. And as, they, as those responses occur, they undergo very significant changes in their phenotypes. So they alter how they proliferate and survive and talk to other cells in the immune system. And a particularly vulnerable point for transformation of normal B cells into malignant B cells occurs during the germinal center reaction, which is the, a transient uh, immune response to generate high affinity antibodies that occurs after exposure to T-cell dependent antigens. That particular compartment of cells is highly prone to transformation because they manifest already many of the hallmark behaviors of cancer cells. Behaviors that normally normal cells don't manifest occur naturally in the germinal center reaction. And the way in which those behaviors emerge is because those cells undergo reprogramming of their epigenome in such a way as to make those behaviors apparent. And those include features such as being able to evade immune surveillance, uh, the ability to proliferate massively, to tolerate genomic instability, to undergo uh, altered metabolic changes to maintain their uh, energetic needs, and several other characteristics that are normally thought of as being only in cancer. In the case of the immune system, this happens normally in the germinal center reaction, and that makes these cells prone to transforming. Not surprisingly, a, uh, more than 50% of the many mutations that occur in these types of lymphomas affect transcription factors and epigenetic modifiers, which are collectively the proteins that control the epigenome. Uh, that uh, indicates that that is a fundamental aspect of how these tumors evolve is by altering the epigenome because those are the driver mutations in, uh, in these tumors. And um, there are um, many different mutations in, the, in or many different proteins involved in these processes that are mutated, but there are some that are extremely highly recurrent. And I will focus on the mechanism of action of those particular mutations that affect uh, histone methyltransferases and histone acetyltransferases. Um, uh, the, uh, you know, the most common of those being EZH2, which is a histone methyltransferase that mediates gene promoter repression and mutations of KMT2D and KRBP, which cause uh, loss of function of gene enhancers uh, when they're not active. So um, understanding the mechanism by which these uh, mutations alter the epigenome then gives one the chance to go in to develop therapeutic approaches that really respond to those mechanisms in a highly specific manner. One of the problems of targeting the epigenome is that drugs that are not specific 
will obviously have potentially a profound impact on disrupting the epigenome. I've made places in many cell types where you don't want that to happen because then cells will lose their capacity to function normally. And so very pleiotropic drugs that can affect the epigenome, like HDAC inhibitors, turn out to be very highly toxic. But if you can get deeper into the mechanism uh, uh, with more precision to see what's actually wrong, then you can have the chance of bringing in compounds that will affect these particular points that will be especially vulnerable in lymphomas that depend on them and less toxic to surrounding cells. And so I will uh, proceed to then drive on the point that uh, we now understand enough about at least some of those mutations to be able to design such therapies. And the one that is best appreciated to me, the best example of a targeted epigenetic therapy in lymphoma is the advent of EZH2 inhibitors, which are now developed by multiple different pharma companies and are in clinical trials and seem to be having a promising clinical signal. So we'll talk about why they work and which patients would be likely to benefit and uh, what are the pros and cons of that approach. Um, from the standpoint of the patients who have mutations in CREVP, uh, there we know that it's one particular HDAC, HDAC3, that is really the, uh, the protein that drives the aberrant epigenetic program that occurs as a consequence of CREVP mutation. And that is a also selective vulnerability that is of interest from the standpoint of epigenetic therapy. Um, and in particular, what's interesting there, um, to me the, the most fascinating part of that, is that the transcriptional program that is uh, counter-regulated between CREBP on the one hand and HDAC3 on the other are the genes that are involved in the antigen presentation. And so CREBP mutant patients lose expression of antigen presentation genes and therefore evade immune surveillance. But you can restore that by adding back HDAC3 inhibitors. HDAC3-specific inhibitors are not highly toxic to cells, but they do restore expression of these apparently silenced antigen presentation genes. And that makes these tumors visible to the immune system and able to be attacked by T cells, for example. And a similar story is emerging also with EZH2, which also represses antigen presentation genes, which seems to be uh, one of the common developing th themes of mutations and epigenetic modifiers is turning off the immune surveillance capacity of the B cell. Um, and so EZH2 inhibitors can also release from repression some of the antigen presentation genes as well. And so there's also opportunities there for considering these epigenetic therapies as a form of immunotherapy because they will restore the immune system without having to perhaps require uh, additional exogenous immunotherapy type agents or perhaps enhancing their activity. And I'll show some data in the lecture today about how that plays out from the immune standpoint. We don't really know very much about KMT2D. We know what does not work or then what does work. And there are a few other epigenetic agents on the horizon which we'll touch upon, um, including the uh, PMT5 inhibitors and uh, sirtuin inhibitors and uh, aspects like that that are less well developed. And one area that uh, we'll touch upon briefly is DNA methyltransferase inhibitors, which um, I believe are now entering phase three clinical trials for diffuse large piece of lymphoma, which also seem to have promising activity in the early stage clinical trials. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. You can explore more lymphoma updates on vjhemonk.com. To hear more and get the latest clinical updates in Hemonk, head to vjhemonk.com forward slash podcast, or just search for us in your Spotify or Apple podcast app and stream wherever you are, whatever you're doing. You can also join in the discussion on Twitter at vjhemonk. Thank you for listening.